right, all right, all right. Hello, Riverhouse family. How are you tonight? I'm Justin Ross. I get to be your preacher tonight. And uh, I'm excited to release this word. I, I feel like some of the pregnant people around here, I, like I've been carrying this word for months. So nobody's happier than me tonight to deliver this baby. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I've decided I'm just going to be myself tonight. So thank you, Jordan, for the uh, encouragement. I, I think actually we all need to make the decision to be ourselves tonight. So why don't you just say out loud to your neighbor, I have permission to be myself tonight. Yeah, say it again. I have permission to be myself tonight. You know, that, that you, that authentic you is really the only you that Jesus knows. It's the only you that can build relationship and connection. So we might as well just get really comfortable being ourselves. Amen. I'm going to be myself tonight. I, I walked into a conference one time, and a lady said, hey, sir, I have a word for you. And I said, okay, give it to me. Bring it. You know, and she said this. She said, the Lord says to you, seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit. I felt a little slapped around by that one. My wife says, you can be too serious. Smile more. So I'm going to smile a lot tonight. I'm just going to keep smiling right now. Are you cringed out yet? Yeah. Some of you are. Well, I just really, uh, I'm excited about this word tonight. I, I've been so impressed with what the Lord's doing in our midst. And, and he's doing something really beautiful and really special and I feel like tonight's word is just coming alongside what he's already doing. You know, the truth is, Jesus is really good at building church. He's been doing it a long time. And we don't have to recreate the wheel. We don't. He, he's really, really, really good at it. And tonight, he's going to build this church. And he said, I will build my church. And when I do, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Lots of churches rise and fall in our world today. But let me tell you, the church that Jesus is building will not fall. It will not fall. So our job is just to pay attention to Jesus. What are you doing in your church? We just want to follow what you're doing, where you're leading. And that's what I feel like we're doing tonight is just coming alongside what he's doing because the Holy Spirit's showing up in retreats, the Holy Spirit's showing up in young adults, the Holy Spirit's showing up in youth, the Holy Spirit's showing up in revival groups, the Holy Spirit's showing up. Jesus is building his church. And tonight, you know, I, I normally talk about family and healthy family and all those things, but we're not talking about any of that tonight. We're talking about something that I believe Jesus wants to do in us, and that's his, he wants us to become people of fire. People marked by fire. And guess what? That'll build a church. That'll build a family. 
That'll build a marriage. That'll build a legacy. People marked by fire. I got hooked by the word of God. You ever get hooked by the word of God? Or you read a verse and you're like, that's kind of weird. What's going on there? The Lord hooked me. He hooked me five months ago with this verse right here, Luke 9, 54. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? I'm reading that and I'm like, what kind of program is that? What kind of question is that? So they're traveling to Samaria, and the Samaritans don't happen to re receive Jesus and his disciples. And so here, the two future leaders of his church are saying, Jesus, do you want us to destroy these people with fire? What's going on there? What are you teaching these guys in the catechumen at Jesus? It hooked me. I got curious about fire. And then I found myself reading Luke chapter 12, 49. It says this. Jesus says, I have come to bring fire on the earth. Okay. Now this is making a little more sense. Behind the scenes, the reason these guys are talking about fire is because Jesus is talking about fire. Wow. Wow. I got hooked. So I started looking through the Bible and studying fire. Holy cow, is there a lot about fire in this book? Check this out. Exodus 13. A pillar of fire came and gave them fire by night. Exodus 3. Moses shows up. Guess what he shows up? God speaking through a flaming bush of fire. Deuteronomy chapter 4, it says, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. A jealous God. Wow. 1 Kings 18.38, Elijah's in a duel with the prophets of Baal. And it says this. It says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed everything. The sacrifice, the wood, the stones, all the water, even that they poured over it, the fire of God fell. Daniel 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're in the fire that's turned up seven times hotter than normal. It says this, they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies. Zechariah 13, 9, the Lord said, I will put them into my fire and refine them as one refines silver and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is my God. The Lord tests his people through fire. Luke 3, 16, John the Baptist. Remember this guy? One of you does? John's dunking people in the Jordan. And he comes out and he says this. I baptize with water, but there's one coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. 
how that must have been radically confusing to the people of the day. They're watching John dunk people underwater. You can imagine an older gentleman going, excuse me, son, did he say baptize in fire? What in the world does that mean? It's a great question, but it shows up in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit comes, and it says, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Wow. Hebrews 12, 29, for our God is a consuming fire. He consumes things that are dead and need to go bye-bye. Revelation 20:15. People who rejected him were thrown into a lake of fire. Sobering thought for us. Revelation 19:12. His eyes, meaning Jesus's, were as a flame of fire. Wow. There's a lot of fire in this book. In fact, God's people have always been people marked by fire. If you're a born-again Christian and the Spirit of God lives inside of you, you got an ancestry that's been marked by fire. Becoming a man or a woman of fire is not something new to the people of God. We've been marked by God all throughout our history as sons and daughters of God. Amen? So fire represents so many different things in the Bible. His power, his presence, his purity, his provision, his passion for us, his guidance, affliction, persecution, judgment, purging, purification, and his Holy Spirit. Fire represents so many things, so many aspects of who he is. Back to Luke 12, 49. Jesus says, I've come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo and what constraint I am under until it's completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, Mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Ouch. I was pricked the first time I read that. I was pricked. I I imagine the people of Jesus' day were pricked as well, hearing this. Because in Judaism... There's such a strong emphasis on harmony within the family. Can you imagine having a value that said, we live, even members of the household are full of mother-in-laws and son-in-laws and father-in-laws, and Jesus is saying, the fire that I'm bringing to the earth is actually going to divide your household. Ouch. Ouch. Pricked. I get pricked by that. Jesus doesn't know I've dedicated a fair amount of my life to healing families, to helping families come together, not be divided. 
I'm pricked by that. I'm pricked by that word. No. No, Jesus is not supposed to be that way. Jesus is saying, my fire that I bring, some will reject it. Some will reject the fire of the kingdom of God. Some will reject it, and those who accept it, and those who cultivate this fire in their life, not everybody's going to be a big fan of you. How many of you have experienced division within your natural family because of your decision to walk with God? Yeah. Jesus is not suggesting we should be divided families. He's saying because of the hardness of some hearts to the gospel, it's inevitable. That's what he's saying. Jesus doesn't want us to excuse ourselves for having dysfunctional families. We should strive by his grace to be the healthiest families we can be. Amen. But he's saying, ultimately, people may reject you because they reject me. Sobering word, isn't it? Jordan talked about some of this in a parallel passes last week, so I'm not going to go into it deeply, but I want to focus on verse 49. I've come to bring fire, and how I wish it were already kindled. I think it's fascinating that Jesus clearly identifies his role as the one bringing fire. I also think it's fascinating he does not clearly identify his role as the one bringing kindling to the fire. Which begs the question, who's bringing kindling to the fire? It's a great question. As I've pondered this, wrestled with this, studied this, I think this starts to sound, to me at least, a little bit like Leviticus 6.12. Remember in Leviticus 6 where God's instructing Moses about the role of the priests? And he says this, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. You know God's serious when he repeats himself. He says it twice. He says the fire cannot go out. And by the way, guys, it's your job to kindle the fire. It's not my job to kindle the fire. It's your job. You're the priest of the Lord. You're, it's your job to kindle the fire that I bring. I think this is what, when I think about this, I think Jesus has got that in the background somewhere. And he's saying, I came to bring fire, but I want you to bring the kindling. And let's light this fire together. Let's light up the sky with the fire from heaven. AJ's been preaching about the priest, the role of the priest, the Levitical calling that we have in this house to be priests of God. And Jesus is reminding us. He's bringing fire, but I think he's calling us to bring the kindling.
If you agree with that, say amen. This word to kindle, anapto, it means to light it up. I like that. Let's light it up. Let's kindle. Let's light it up. It's a verb. It's not a noun. It's a verb. That means that it's action. It's action. I don't know about you. Anybody else chop kindling in their life for a fire? Yeah. I was, uh, when I was a kid, I had the kindling chopping chore. It's not a fun chore. You didn't miss out on much if you didn't have that chore. But the primary source of heat in our house when I was in my high school years was a wood stove. A lot of hours chopping kindling. Chopping kindling is not one of those chores you can daydream while you're doing it. It's just not a good idea. If you're ADD, stay away from... No, just kidding. I won't go there. But if you daydream while you're chopping kindling, you might not come home with everything you left with. You know what I mean? You got to focus. I remember, I remember one time my dad was uh, starting the fire with all the piles of kindling that I chopped. And I'm watching my dad just take this, this chopped kindling and he's throwing it into the fire like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, does he need to use so much kindling to start that fire? So I protest to my dad. My dad's an authority in my life. So I protest very gently, you know, dad, nice fire. Um, I, I was just wondering, like, do you have to use so much kindling to start that fire? And he's like, he, ha- he had no vested interest in conserving kindling. I did because it was my time. It was my energy. It was my focus. I had a huge concerted energy in kindling. I could have been out practicing free throws or, you know. Hanging out with friends, but no, I was chopping kindling. Kindling represented my time and my energy and things that I was contributing. What kindling does is it, it takes small fires and makes big fires. Some of, our, some of our fires in here tonight are small. And the Lord's inviting you. He's saying, will you, will you kindle a fire with me? Will you chop a little kindling? Will you take some time? And will you feed this fire? And together, we'll create a fire between us. This is not about performing. This is not about a religious yoke. Not at all. This is about the fire of intimacy and first love that Jesus is birthing in this place. And you know what? He wants you to catch fire. He wants you to catch the fire of first love again. And if we think it's all going to be him, we are wrong. We are wrong. It's going to be us taking some time and feeding a fire. Feeding a fire. And watch what happens when we add kindling to a fire. Whoa. It starts, it starts to blaze. It starts to blaze hotter. Jesus is saying tonight, River House, will you kindle a fire with me? Will you kindle a fire with me? 
the fire of first love that some are starting to catch around this room. Some are starting to ignite with first love passion. The Lord's saying, will you kindle a fire with me? Because fire does some important things. In the natural, they're parallels to what it does for us spiritually. Fire changes the composition of things. You throw something into the fire, it doesn't stay the same, does it? It changes very quickly. That's a picture of you and I. You start kindling a fire with Jesus, you won't stay the same. In fact, I, I, I believe there are things the Lord showed me. There are things about us that the Lord wants to consume with his fire. Specifically, I saw attachments and affections. I felt like the Lord said there are attachments from another season that the Lord wants to consume in us. There are affections of our heart that may be from another time or another era that the Lord actually wants to consume in us. Affections that pull us back, affections that slow us down. The next thing fire does in the natural that's a parable for us is parallel for us is it consumes what's dead and useless. You know, some some fires ravage a forest and it destroys a forest, but a lot do not. A lot actually take, imagine a forest that's full of deadfall and disease and all kinds of stuff, and a fire comes through and burns up all the dead and bad stuff. All the disease, all the deadfall. And that's kind of like our lives. The baggage, the baggage that we carry around, we don't need that stuff. Some of us have been carrying baggage around for a long time. And the Lord's saying, build a fire with me and watch what I do with it. Watch what I do with baggage. I'm really good at getting rid of baggage. Fire consumes dead stuff. The next thing it does is it generates new growth. For forests that survive fires. It's like an ecosystem reset. Nutrients are added to the soil. Seeds are released. New, new growth starts to happen. It resets the ecosystem. This is what happens when you and I become a man and a woman of fire. Is we invite the fire of God into our lives. And pretty soon we have new convictions. We have new standards of righteousness that the Lord's put inside of us. We have new attitudes. We, we get an ecosystem reset in here that a fire will do. I love processes. I'm a processor. I lead groups that process. I love revival groups because they're messy spaces to process. And God uses messy spaces and processes to heal us. Amen? And he also uses fire. There's some times when we can be delaying what actually God's doing in us because we're just trying so hard in process. And God's saying, yeah, actually, I am really good at getting rid of that. I'm actually really good 
consuming. I am a consuming fire. Process and fire. Winning combination. Fire also activates what's inside of us. I love this. Do you, do you know certain trees only can multiply because of fire? The jack pine tree is one of those. It's got a resin around its seeds. That nothing can open the seed until the fire comes. Loosens the resin. Out come the seeds. Wow. When I read that, I thought, actually, the Lord said, that's a prophetic picture for my body. Do you know you got seeds in you? You got seeds of the kingdom of God in you. You got giftings in you, callings in you, assignments in you. You got seeds in you that are not activated yet. You know how they're going to be activated? The fire of God. It's going to release stuff inside of you that you've been waiting a long time to see. Prophetic words you've gotten, you're like, Lord, where are these at? The Lord's like, yeah, those are coming after the fire. That's where they're coming from. After the fire. We're people of the fire. Amen. Two months ago, I had an encounter with God that changed my life. Wrecked me really bad. Still wrecking me really bad. Wrecked me really good, I should say. I hope it wrecks you. We were in an elder team meeting. We were praying. I started to just thank God for this beautiful community that we get to serve and love and watch Jesus build. And we as elders were just praying. And all of a sudden in my spirit, I began to see something. And what I saw was a fire. Never seen a fire like this before. So in my, in my spirit, I'm just walking closer and closer to this fire. And as I got close to this fire, I realized this was a fire like no other. This was a fire like I had never seen before. And I felt the holiness of God all over this fire. And I remember looking into this fire and saying, God, what is this? What is this? I could feel the wind coming off the fire. I could feel the heat coming off the fire. I could hear the sound of a fire that was filling every part of me, every part of my senses. And the Lord said, he said, I am coming in fire. I'm coming in fire. I said, oh my gosh. 
oh my gosh. I said, Lord, what? What do I do? He said, step into the fire. I said, you're kidding me. I didn't say that. I said, yes, sir. I stepped into the fire. Two weeks later, I'm in another prayer set in an entirely different setting. And I'm praying in the hand of the Lord. I see the hand of the Lord around my head. Just around my head. And I'm curious, like, Lord, what is this? And the Lord said, I'm removing garments from another season. You're no longer called to serve the fragile and broken. You're called to lead the strong. Something shifted inside of me in that moment. Something shifted inside of me in that moment. And the only reason that happened to me was because two weeks prior, I stepped into the fire. And I want to tell you, if you become a man of fire, if you become a woman of fire, if you dedicate yourself to putting yourself in the storyline just like we read all through the Bible of people who experienced fire. If you put yourself in the fire, things are going to begin to shift for you. Things are going to change. Things are going to shift. I've had several other things happen to me since then. I won't go into tonight, but I will tell you this. That decision to step into the fire has changed me. Not the same man I was two months ago. It's changed me. So it's time to kindle the fire with Jesus. It's time to kindle it, church. The fire of passion, intimacy, and first love. It's here. Come to Monday night prayer. It's here. Come to Wednesday morning prayer. It's here. Come to pre-service prayer on Sundays. There's a fire that's being cultivated. And the Lord wants to invite all of us to become people of fire. It's for all of us. This fire of first love is the most important fire you'll ever build. It's not the only one. You're called to build a fire in your marriage, in your family, in your community, revival group, friend group. You're building fires other places, but none of them are as important as the fire we build with him. His fire that we build affects every other fire we build. I was talking to my friend, Chris Majors. Chris is a fireman. Chris, are you here today by chance? Chris is a fireman. As I was praying about this message, I kept seeing in the picture of me and Jesus, this fire that we're cultivating, I kept seeing a blue flame. And I'm like, Chris, what's with the blue flame? Chris said, blue flames are the hottest flames. I said, wow. That makes a lot of sense. The hottest flame, the hottest fire is the fire of first love with Jesus. That's the way he wants it. 
And do you know what? When this is the hottest flame, it changes the way we do fires other places. Changes the way we relate to work. Changes the way we relate to kids. Changes the way we relate to our friends. When this is the hottest flame going, it changes everything else. And it makes so much sense of the scripture that says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. This is the hottest flame. Don't leave here today without becoming part of the blue flame crew. Blue flamers all across this room. The hottest flame. It's the hottest flame, guys. For one of my continuing education trainings, I did a study on I worked with a lot of couples when I was a therapist, and I came across a training called Intimacy Anorexia. Intimacy Anorexia is, for those of you who don't know, is an intimacy disorder that's really hard on marriages. One or two people in a marriage can have it. And essentially, it really overtaxes the marriage. It, it crushes it. And it's really about withholding. It's withholding warmth, withholding affection, withholding words of affirmation or praise. It's really a withholding disorder. And so I was getting trained in this and I was learning all about this. I started to see this in my clients more and more and more in my therapy practice. And one day the Lord said, he said, yeah, my church has intimacy anorexia with me. Holy cow. My church has intimacy anorexia with me. We're the bride. We're the bride to the bridegroom. We're called to passion. We're called to love and connection. We're called to service and sacrifice. There's no place for withholding. There's no place for withholding with the bridegroom. Jesus is killing off intimacy and anorexia with his bride. But it's going to be the fire that you and I kindle that does it. No place for withholding from Jesus, our bridegroom. So how do we kindle? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked me. There's a lot of opportunities around here. If you have not been to a prayer set, I want to invite you to prayer sets. Get around some blue flamers. Get around some people that are further ahead in kindling the fire than you are. You know, sometimes we look at people that have these amazing prayer lives or these amazing communities that they've formed, and, and we can sit there and we can judge them. But maybe they've just been kindling these things longer than we have. Maybe they just made different priorities than we have. 
Maybe they've just made different decisions than we have. Maybe we need to go, hey, listen, I see you have this beautiful community of people. Could you tell me how you've cultivated this? Or I see you have this amazing prayer life. Could you, could you help me cultivate my prayer life? What if we just took an opposite spirit and just walked in the way of love and walked in the way of humility? What would God do with that? What if you saw somebody who had an amazing prayer life and just said, could I, could I learn from you? Would you help me with my secret place? My secret place is a little lacking these days. Could you help me? Could I take you to coffee? Would you share with me things that you've learned how to cultivate a passionate prayer life with Jesus? This is the mark of maturity. Don't take the easy way of offense out. It's easy to be offended. Stop it. Stop choosing the easy way of offense. Practice maturity. If you see something that other people have cultivated, go after it. Move after it. Move into them. Push into them. Ask questions. Watch what the Lord unlocks in you as you do. Prayer sets. Prioritizing the secret place. Chop some kindling. Prioritize the secret place. Imagine yourself just chopping kindling and adding it to that fire with Jesus. Adoration and praise. Drive down the road, turn the radio off, adore him. Adore him at home, adore him in the car. Adore him. Watch what happens to your passion. Imagine a married couple that just practiced adoring each other. What will that do to the marriage? It will light it up. Imagine what that will do with you and Jesus as you just practice adoring him. It will light it up. Setting our affections on him. This world offers a lot of other affections. All of them pale in comparison. Let the fire come and burn off any affections that don't belong there. I've been taking walks with the Lord. Just walking with him, talking with him. The coolest thing about building a fire with the Lord is that fire's inside you wherever you go. I've been having these moments where I'll be, I'll be just with people or whatever, and all of a sudden I'll, somebody will say something, and it's almost like the Lord and I are kind of laughing under our breath together. Like there's this new passionate connection there, this new friendship, that when you kindle with the Lord a fire, it goes with you. It goes wherever you go. It's amazing. Pour out your heart to the Lord. David had it right. Psalm 62, 8, he said this. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him. For God is our refuge. You want to build an intimate, passionate relationship with Jesus? Pour out your heart to him.
Watch what happens to your bonding and your attachment with Jesus when you pour out yourself to him. Whoa. Whoa. Let your flame be ignited by others' flames. If you're not in a revival group, get in a revival group. Your flame is supposed to be contagious to other people's flames. And other people's flames are supposed to get on your flame. That's how it works. Get in circle environments. We're in rows today. Rows are great. Get in circle environments where one flame in the room can hop on everybody. Kindle a passionate relationship with Jesus and watch what the Lord does with it. Some of you are going to get so ignited that it's going to actually change your family. Some of you think that you have marriage problems, and, and, and I'm aware that there are marriage problems. But some of us are actually not seeing it correctly. Igniting the flame with Jesus will actually solve some of what you think are marriage problems. What you have are marriage symptoms, but not marriage problems. That's not an absolute statement. I'm just saying there are some of us here that this connection with him is going to solve things here. It's going to solve things here. It's going to put into priority things here that you think are actually marriage problems. And the Lord's saying, trust me, watch what I do. Watch what I do. As you step into the fire, as you kindle a fire with me, you watch. You watch what happens here and how it affects here. Yeah, I've, I've asked our revival groups this next three months, these next months to really concentrate on worship and prayer because I really believe we're in a unique season where God is doing such a first love in us. It's not that doing other fun stuff isn't important. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. But we are in a unique season where God is supernaturally pulling us closer to himself. And we cannot do business as normal. We cannot. It's too precious of a season. It's too, it's too important. It's too important to watch the fire grow inside of us in our community settings. Amen? Okay. Coming down the home stretch here. The Lord said, he said, your destiny is linked to fire. So is mine. Our ancestors were linked to fire. Our future is linked to fire. We'll spend a lot of time striving. A lot of time in process. Or we can become a man of fire. And a woman of fire. And the Lord who's really good, he's really good, can move things inside of us we can't even see.
In just a minute, I want to open up the altars and just invite you to make the decision I made two months ago to become a man of fire. Become a woman of fire. Step into the fire. It might feel a little scary. It felt a little scary for me. But I will tell you, I am shocked what's happened to me since. Shocked. Before we do that, I want to invite the revival group leaders forward. If you're a revival group, would you just come forward right now before we open the altars to everyone? Just come forward. Stand up front here. Church, I want to ask you, let's pray for our leaders. Let's pray the fire of God on these guys. Let's pray the fire of God on the shepherds, the lay pastors of this house. Amen. Church, would you just stand with me? Just begin to pray the fire of God. Just begin to pray out loud wherever you are. Just find a leader to pray for where you are. Just begin to focus and pray. Just begin to, to speak the fire of God over these men and women. Come on, church. Let's go. Let's pray it. Use your voices. Use your voices. Yes, God. Yes, God. We just lift up our lay pastors to you, our shepherds in the house. God, we just ask for fresh oil from heaven on them, God. Lord, that our revival groups would become houses of fire. Houses of fire, God. Houses of fire that multiply. That multiply the fire, God. We ask you, Holy Spirit, come. Come and move in fire. Come and move in power, Lord. God, we ask you fresh oil. Pour your fresh oil over them, God. God, let the oil in their lamps, Lord, not run dry, Lord. Not run dry, God. We just ask you, Holy Spirit, come smear them. Anoint them, God. 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 Keep going, church. Pour it out. Come on, lift up the prayers.